everybody. <laughs> so good to see you guys. Let's all stand. I'm going to open up in prayer. and uh, We thank you, Heavenly Father, for this day that we can come into your house here, Lord. You say we're two or three gathered together. You will be there. <laughs> and we thank you for your presence in our life, dear Lord, that you'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. We thank you for the power, the power of the cross that forgives us of all our sins, dear Lord, and that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, dear Lord. Help us today as we worship you in your presence and your power and to sing your promises today too, dear Lord, for you are so good and your promises are true. Lord, we ask you to show us the way. You said build your house upon a rock, and you are that rock, and we want to build strong firm foundations built on the rock of Jesus Christ. Show us the way. Lead us in your path. Teach us your truth. You're the God of our salvation. And you we put our trust, our hope, and we praise in Jesus' name.
arms, Lord. Leave me in your arms of love.
focused on the character of our God and Jesus, who is our example of the heart of God. And I heard words like love and mercy and kindness and goodness, passion, yeah, willing willing to go to the ends of the earth. For me, and I thought, oh, that's so great. That's so great that God loves me so much. Oh, but you know what? He tugged at my heart this morning. The reason that we come here is so we can be transformed into people who are known for those same things mercy and love and kindness and who will go to the ends of the earth for those who need Jesus. We are supposed to be that as well. And so as we come to this time of prayer, this is our opportunity, guys. This is our opportunity to let God search our hearts and to maybe tug a little bit like he did me this morning to say, oh, how was your character? Does it match the things that we just sang about? Am I showing the fruit of the Spirit in my life? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. When people look at me, do they see the character of our good and loving Jesus? Well, for many of us, I would say, God is probably going to tug a little bit, right? You probably have something from this week that you're like, oh, that wasn't, that wasn't Jesus, right? Me. (laughs) Now is your opportunity. Now is your opportunity to say, God, I want to be more like you. Will you make me more like you? And will you give me a boldness and a passion for other people so that I can be the kind of reckless lover of people like you are. So as we pray, you are welcome to come to the altar. Just take a posture where you can really uh, hear from God this morning and open yourself up to whatever it is he has to say to you today. God, you are so good. When we see the lengths that you are willing to go to for this world, it is overwhelming. 
And so, God, this morning, we come to you with open hearts to say, search us. Search us, God, and see if there is anything in me that doesn't match up to who you are. And, Lord, will you fill in those gaps? Will you begin to transform us? Will you continue to transform us into the people that you have called us to be? Will you do something in us and through us? Will you make us willing vessels? Will you give us courage? Will you give us space in our schedules? Lord, we really do want to show who you are to those around us. Forgive us for those times that we haven't, but Lord, today is a new day, and so we want to walk with you and allow you to move in us and change us. And in turn, somehow, mysteriously, you can change the world. And we want to be a part of it. We love you. God, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. going to pass the peace, but I want to give our kids just a heads up. Um, we're going to hang on just for a couple more minutes, okay, after the peace. So so you get to, like, talk to people this morning during the peace, okay? So y'all talk to the kids. They're a lot of fun. I should know. I spend a lot of time with them. Well, y'all, will you stand with me? And those of you who this is um, maybe your first time with us, I want to uh, give you just a little bit of um, not, I don't know if instruction, but why do we do this? Why, why do we just not give people high fives? I mean, you can give people high fives, totally. We pass God's peace to each other. And we do that because we want to say to each other, I need you, you need me, we're better together. And I sure hope that everything is right with you and God and that everything is right with you and me. And so all of that is kind of encompassed in these little words. May the peace of Christ be with you. Thank you. Please extend that peace to each other.
is working on some woodworking stuff this week. And he's pretty good at that kind of stuff, but he would love some extra help. So if you are available at all this week and you could help him, will you connect with him or connect with me and I can connect you with him? Um, You know, this is for anyone who uh, can hold um, a hammer, uh, maybe a paintbrush, maybe. Um, anyone who is willing to learn how to do those things is welcome to do that as well. So uh, if you can help with that, that'd be great. Also, tomorrow, and this is going to lead into our, our, next, um, our, our next movement, I guess, in worship. But tomorrow, guys, I'm taking five kids to camp tomorrow. Now, I'm not looking forward to not sleeping, but I am, I feel so privileged to be able to walk with them this week in some moments that will be the moments that they remember for the rest of their lives. How many of you went to to teen camp or kids camp or anything like that growing up? So you remember some of these moments that you had. Now, I do joke with them, um, Karen, if you're watching, I'm sorry, I never get to talk to these people. Um, so I did tell some friends that, you know, Thursday night of camp, okay, it's the last night of camp and it's really, it gets really emotional. Um, people are crying. People are like, you know, yes, Lord, I'll go to Africa. And, and many of them do actually. But I think that it's just exhaustion more (laughs) than anything else. So pray, will you pray for our teens this week as they go to camp? One, that they will experience God. That's my, that's my sign. Um, that they will experience God in deep and transformative, life-changing ways. Will you commit to pray for that? Um, I want you to pray that they will stay healthy. Will you pray for that? I want you to pray that they will build deep friendships. Will you pray for that? I want you to pray that their lives will be absolutely changed for Jesus. Will you pray for that? Okay. All right. And there's like hundreds of them. So you're not just praying for our five, okay? You're praying for the whole crew. Um, so thank you for that. Now, as, as we go into offering, I just wanted to lead with that because it's because of you guys that camp is accessible for these students. You guys have given generously. You have given sacrificially even. You have seen um, tithing and, and giving back to God as an act of worship and as an act of spiritual formation and spiritual discipline. And it makes a difference in people's lives. It, it, it's not just that it keeps the lights on. Y'all, it makes a difference in people's lives. And these five girls are going to experience God in new ways because of you. And so I just wanted to say thank you. So as we move into this time of offering, you can give online. You can give in the the receptacles in the back. I never know what to call those things. The boxes. They're boxes in the, in the back in the lobby. Um, but I do encourage you to give because it changes our hearts and makes us generous just like our generous God. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you 
that all good and perfect gifts come from you. We do not. <laughs> we, we don't think that we could do this on our own. And so, Lord, during this time, we want to give back just a little bit of what you have so richly blessed us with. Lord, thank you for this church and how they, how they give and how they give with open and generous hearts. And thank you for how those gifts are going to be translated even this week into life change and life transformation. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. Amen. All right, kiddos, as the music is playing, make your way to that door right there. Yeah, I brought, I brought a few books with me this morning. Um, I've got quite, quite the little library going on at home, and I uh, thought I'd just bring a few of them with me. It's been a great morning worshiping God together, hasn't it? Um, let's take just a moment and pray before we turn our attention to God's Word this morning. Thank you, God, for being. Amen. We've been working our way through the Sermon on the Mount for quite a while now, and we're approaching what may be one of the most well-known passages in that Sermon on the Mount. It's the Lord's Prayer. I remember about 15 years ago when I was in seminary, we had a group of fellow students over to the house, as well as a couple of the faculty members, and we had a time together, Bible study, and sharing a meal. And... uh, At the end of that time, someone said, "Um, let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. And so we did. And shortly after, everybody started getting their coats. It's Kansas City, after all, so it's cold. Even in the summertime, people get coats to leave. But uh, people started leaving, and my daughter, who was about 10 years old at the time, had been playing in the basement, and she heard us praying the Lord's Prayer as, as a group. And after everyone was gone, she came up and she said, Daddy, what, what was that that everybody said together before they left? And I explained to her that it was the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray and that it was something that Christians throughout the ages had, had done. And she's like, that, that's pretty cool. I asked her, do you, do you want to learn that prayer? And she said, yes. 
And so over the next few weeks together, we worked together so that she could pray the Lord's Prayer um, without reading it. And I'm guessing that most of you gathered here today in the room, as well as those of you online, can probably also pray the Lord's Prayer without needing to read it. And so let's do that together now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. It is good for us to pray and to be reminded of this model prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray uh, during on the Sermon on the Mount. But we're not quite to the Sermon on the Mount yet, so that's all we're going to say about that for right now. We need to go back just a little bit in Scripture to get to our passage, but really what I'd like for us to do is take a minute and let's look at chapter 6 of, of Matthew together. Our passage is in there, and it's what leads up to the Lord's Prayer, and it's Jesus' teaching on prayer. Uh, I'm reading from the New Living Translation today. Well, actually, I'm reading from these pieces of paper because I don't quite know how I'm going to hold a Bible and a microphone and flip pages, and so the books will just sit there. Uh, Here's Matthew chapter 6 and verse 1. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you'll lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I can just picture that. Hey, look, I got a $20 bill. I'm giving it to the poor. It's kind of weird. But don't do that. He says, I tell you the truth. They've received their, all the reward they'll ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and then your father who sees everything will reward you. Jesus' teaching here is don't be too flashy or showy about what you're doing, how you're giving to others, but do what you need to do to help other people and not try to be recognized for doing it. Back to the scripture in verse 5 and the teaching on prayer. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. That's all the reward they'll ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Kind of a repeating theme there. Do what you're going to do privately so that it's you and God that knows what's going on, not for other people to see and hear and recognize you. Verse 7. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered by the mere repeating of their words again and again. I think that's so funny, again and again, teaching about repeating words, and the words are repeated. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. And then the passage continues into the Lord's Prayer, which we've already prayed. So our passage today is Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. 
that that passage that says when you pray don't babble on and on as people of other religions do they think their prayers are answered merely by repeating words again and again don't be like them for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him so what do you think of when you hear the word babble the first thing that comes to my mind is a baby sitting in the lap of someone that loves and cares for them and they're just making the noises. Ba 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 da 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 ma da 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 ba ba. You don't know what they're saying. It's just noise. There's no meaning. I was just talking to my sister-in-law on Friday, and her grandchild uh, Gemma is uh, is just over a year old, and she was saying how Gemma likes to sit around and make those babbling noises. You know, Gemma's got something on her mind. And she just can't tell you what she's trying to think because all she can do is babbling noises. What else do you think of when you hear the word babble? For me, I go to a babbling brook. Now, at a school I once worked at, there was a student worker whose name was Brooke, and they called her Babbling Brook, but that's a different story. I think of babbling brooks of when we lived in Tennessee and we used to go up to the Smoky Mountains. Sort of like Jen is going to camp with the teens, I would go as a teen sponsor every year, and we would go up to the Smoky Mountains and gather and get away. And the, the kids like to go on these long, active hikes up in the mountains. Uh, you can tell by looking at me that I don't like long, active hikes. But I would go along, and we'd get partway up, and I'd find a spot to sit and say, y'all go on ahead, I'll be here when you get back. And I would sit there by one of those streams and just listen to the water as it trickled over the rocks, moving through the nooks and crannies on the edges of the stream. And that brook would just babble and make noises. It was a very soothing place. Kind of reminds me of the 23rd Psalm. What else do you think of with babbling? We here at Port Orange Nazarene, we babble every Sunday. You don't necessarily realize it if you're here in the building, but those of you that are online, as we did the passing of the peace, the camera and the microphones are not so strong and precise that they can pick up individual conversations, but there's a babbling murmur that just fills the room and it's noise that you hear when you're worshiping online as part of the congregation. It sounds a little like Charlie Brown's teacher, wah, 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 but it's a pleasant noise because it's the people of God living together and communing and, and sharing with each other. How many of you, when I said Babel, you thought of the Tower of Babel in the Old Testament? So again, another example of babbling where those people had come together and they decided that they were going to build a tower so that they could reach God. And God looked down and said, this is not good. The people are not acting as they should. And so God gave them other languages and they talked and they didn't understand. And there was lots of conversation and babbling going on without a lot of understanding. So with all of those concepts of babbling... Many different concepts, understandings, teachings of that word. What we need to try to do is figure out what was Jesus actually trying to teach us, teach his disciples when he said don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are merely answered by repeating their words again and again.
Don't be like them. So unfortunately, I'm not a student of the original biblical languages, so I can't tell you this is that word and this is how you say it and all of that. That's just, I came to seminary late. I didn't uh, study those languages in my college years. And so what I do when I'm trying to figure out something is I consult a stack of English translations of the Bible and see how different translators and different scholars have dealt with those words and phrases as they have translated the scriptures. Um, If you don't have a stack of Bibles, every one of these here on this chair is a different version. If you don't have a stack of different versions of the Bible, hey, it's okay. We've got the internet now. So you've got BibleGateway.com that you can take any passage of scripture and convert it to another translation. Or there's an app for your cell phone called YouVersion where you can access that. I saw a couple of you pull out your phones as we read the scripture earlier. Um, So I tend to like the New Living Translation in part because one of my seminary professors was part of the translating committee. Um, And so in the New Living Translation, which we've already read from, and again, just with all the juggling, I'm going to stick to the paper even though the words are in these these books. Um, It says, when you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. Your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Another translation that we would use in seminary pretty regularly was the New Revised Standard Version. That version seeks to take the passages and words of Scripture and convert them so that they make sense in the reading. They're trying to get the intent of the overarching passages, not necessarily the exact meaning of the individual words. So it's kind of like if you know any Spanish, you learned the phrase como te llamas, which if you translate it literally word for word, how do you call yourself? Well, I learned early in my Spanish class that, that what that really means is, what's your name? And so the New Revised Standard Version would translate it, what's your name, not how do you call yourself? So this version translates the passage, when you're praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they'll be heard by their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need even before you ask him. So another translation that does go word by word literal is the New American Standard Bible. It's that how do you call yourself kind of translation. And it reads, and when you're praying, don't use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose they'll be heard for their many words. So don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. That second verse seems to be pretty consistent. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. But the different versions treat verse 7 just a little differently. Like many of you, I was raised on the King James Version of the Bible. That's my next one here. It's the old brown one. Um, It reads, but when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. But be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. 
in my teenage and college years, I started attending a church of the Nazarene. And the church of the Nazarene back then, it was always NIV. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like the pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. The most modern English translation is the message. It seeks to be extremely conversational, and it handles our passage like this. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors, prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. Prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant, peddling formulas and phrases. One last one. Debbie and I spent our early days as a pastoral couple in Hawaii. And I sometimes find that the understanding of this book that's titled The Jesus Book, which is a translation of the New Testament in Hawaiian pidgin language. I'm thinking those are going to fall off, so let's pull them back a little bit. Um, It's very simple. Our Worship leader Mendel and his brother Gary were native Hawaiians. Uh, As a matter of fact, Gary was so Hawaiian, he didn't play the guitar like Danny does during worship. He played the ukulele. And I can almost hear Brother Gary's praying and reading this passage that says, When you guys pray, no say kind stuff that mean nothing. Get other people all over the world that make like that. They think God going to listen to them because they say so plenty stuff when they pray. No make like them, because your father know already all the stuff you need before you ask him. We don't have to pray a lot of words. God knows what we need even before we ask him. One of my seminary professors, Roger Hahn, wrote uh, his commentary on the book of Matthew in the year 2007 as I graduated. He's a noted New Testament scholar uh, in our church. And regarding our passage on babbling on like pagans, he says, the use of many words implies such babbling as a constant repeating of particular phrases. I have friends and family. I've seen people pray like this. You probably have seen it too. Oh, God, our Father, or kind Father, or dear God. You've probably heard it. Dear God, thank you for this day, dear God. Thank you for being with us, dear God. Dear God, we ask you to continue to be with us, dear God, dear God, and so on. Han continues, the issue is not necessarily in the repetition of the words, but what's really going on is that the people who were praying in 